three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music, where tonight I am going to be schooled from my friend Seth. Say hello, Seth. Hello. On an artist I have no idea about who you're doing tonight, okay. which I'm accentuating the fact that I have no idea because I'm learning as I go through these that um, I'm the only one that doesn't know. Literally right now, because by the time huh. people hear it, they oh, will right. know who it is right, because right, they right. have seen it and they have clicked on it and they know who it is. You know who it is because you're prepared to do it, and I'm the only one in the dark. So, as of at, at this moment, at for this the moment, listener, right? Yes, this sounds dumb because they know correct. And they I'm going to give how, them clues, and they're like, they're bad clues <laughs> because we all knew that. Are you going to give me clues? Doesn't know. Yeah, sure. Oh, sure, right, sure, sure. Right. Okay, so. Thank I'm, you, by the way, for coming and doing this. Oh, Appreciate man. it. No, 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 thank You've you. You've done such a great job so in the fun. past. And we have such a similar uh, style of taste in, in so much of the music that we listen to. So this is just we a do. lot of fun for me. Yeah. And this, and this one, um, I will say, I'll, t- I'll tell you later. Let oh, me, all right. Let me, let okay. me drop some all clues right. first. All right, go ahead. Let me drop go some ahead. clues first. You got it. Um, okay, so this is somebody that, this is, this is a... Um, might be seen as a controversial or ridiculous statement, but in my mind, my opinion, Ooh. I look at him as him as like the original John Mayer. Okay. Whoa. All right. Pause. And it's weird that the and, original yeah. John Mayer. Now, when I tell you, you're going to say you're wrong in that. In that, but this is my opinion. Okay. okay. Nope. That's fair. Wow. So this this person has wow. sold over 100 million albums. What? Written over 170 songs. He's a songwriter. Okay. Released 20 studio albums. Okay. He's a drug addict. Okay. Spent nine months in a psychiatric hospital. What? Played with the Beatles. He dated Joni Mitchell. He worked with Carole King. He married Carly Simon. He's a six-time Grammy winner. Oh, I know who you're going to do. Go ahead. You got... Wow. Yes. Yes. Yep. Well done. Wow. And now I'm part of the group who knows. Wow. <laughs> wow. Who, who, let's let's wow. confirm that. Well, okay. The people For, reading it are thinking. Well, wait, I'm going back to the original uh, John, the original John yes. Mayer thing. Yes. Wow, I see what you're saying. I see, I, I really see what you're saying. You know wow. why I say that? Let me explain. Well, okay, let, let me, let's hear your, your, your guess, and it sounds like you, you're confident, and I feel like you probably know. Sure. Yeah, so... Um, go ahead. Sorry. James Taylor. There you go. There you go. JT, the original JT. You know what? You, you did really well. Very well done. <laughs> very, very well done. I, I'll say that I had to go back, and I've listened to many of these podcasts, but I admittedly have not listened to them all. Right. So I went back and looked over all the episodes to make sure that you didn't talk I about did not. him before. I have not. Which I'm glad. Oh, and I don't really if you were a fan of his or not. Huge. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Huge. Absolutely. You know, I often say that uh, if, if, if there's a desert, al- a desert island album, he's in my discussion just wow. for like a greatest hits. Because if I'm on a desert island alone, I like the mellowness of just having JT sing to me. and, and you know, Really I, good. Yeah, yeah. You, and Go ahead. No, I was going to say, what happened to me when I found out about him was just from looking through guitar books. Yeah. When I was young and was playing guitar and learning guitar, mm-hmm. um, I got through the Beatles book. <laughs> I went mm-hmm. cover to cover on that. Yeah. And then I started buying some other books, and I bought what are called fake books, okay. which are basically like just a bunch of songs that are popular songs, they aren't the actual sheets from the publishing companies, which is why they're called fake books. Right to it, like sure. they don't have rights yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. But it's just the words and the chords. That's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Right? 
And so there was a bunch of James Taylor songs, oh, obviously, kidding. because he's a great guitarist. Yeah. And because he's got a Unique lot of, lot of guitars, big, right? yeah, 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 big time. Yeah. And he was one of those guys where you have to be really good to play him well. No kidding, really? Yes. That's interesting. Because he plays a certain style of picking mm-hmm, and a certain mm-hmm. style of strumming, which you have to be a pretty good guitarist to emulate. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you could play, you could strum the chords, mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound like the song that he's yeah. playing. He's really, really good. And so I almost kind of gravitated away from him until I got better. And then when I came back, he's really good. Yeah. His song writing and song yeah. like yeah. compositions of what yeah. he really does is really good. So yeah. I'm excited about this. This is great. So let me go back to why, you know, the people who are who, who might be listening who say, you know, the John Mayer comparison is outrageous and, and, and no, there are I don't parts think so. to it. I, I, don't I, think so. I this is why I, I've always thought that he's kind of like I, I hate to say this, but he, it, for James Taylor it was when I was growing up, it was like he was kind of like that milk toast sort of yep. just bland. And I, I didn't I wasn't into that. We talk about hip hop a lot and soul music and stuff, and it's just not that. Yeah. And and I thought it was sort of lame. And but his big fan base back in the day was was women was sure moms yeah to say you know yeah. no offense to anybody out there because now you know look at me I'm a huge <laughs> fan um my when I was growing up I uh, so there's the John Mayer comparison as I said when I was growing up James Taylor was my mom's dude like she yeah in fact you know it's it's why would there be any reason to to dedicate a podcast to anybody but I'm mom this one's for oh, you beautiful. I love you this is you've you did not get me into James Taylor. I'll get into that, but but you know you steered me away from him for some time. And uh, but this is for you. Yeah, but this I one is it. for you. Yeah, she. You know, like I said, I thought it was lame. I just thought his the music was just boring. Do you think it's because we were young and didn't want to hear that kind of stuff, yeah. or we didn't understand it? Both. Okay, I think so. Okay. And I think All you know right. you're. I, I, for me, my um, my taste in music has. Changed and changes, yeah. and yeah. you know, you grow up, stuff you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some things that that will, you know, I think I'll like forever. But, um, so uh, you know, always listening to the Christmas albums that he would make, oh, right. and that's what yeah. my, me and my mom would play. That. I don't think my dad was overly into, it, but my mom was, and uh, and I just knew, like, if there was any artist, I knew my dad liked the Beatles, and he had a ton of records, and and you know, I knew he liked that, and they'd listen to musicals that I grew up on, and Jesus Christ Superstar, and different things that we would listen to, but right. for my mom, it was always James Taylor, I don't know anything wow. else that she really liked, and I'm sure there's more, obviously. Yeah, right, but, right, right. And but I you just, associate him with her. Big time. That's cool. Big time. That's cool. Big yeah. time. Um, so in 2004, I was working at um, at a Gold's Gym in Hershey. Mm-hmm. Just graduated college, not, not a, you know, a couple years before that. And uh, he had shows in all throughout central Pennsylvania, including Philadelphia, Hershey, I don't know, Harrisburg, Scranton, wherever. Yep. And they, so their main hub over that course of time was in Hershey. So he and the band, it started with his background singer, would come in and work out. Oh, come on. And yeah, and he never did. And we kept saying, when's James going to come by? Well, he's, he's traveling or whatever. The day before the Hershey show, he came in himself, worked out. We got his picture taken with him. He couldn't have been nicer. Wow. You know, just a, just a yeah. really great guy. And they said, here's some tickets to the show. So I called my mom and said, Mom, I have two tickets to James Taylor tonight in Hershey. And it was kind of raining. And she has no sense of direction. And they live about an hour, hour and a half north of Hershey. And my dad does a lot of the driving on those sort of things. So she's like, I can't, I can't go. <gasps> so we went with that. And... So I went without her, right. and and you know went with some friends, and she, uh, they had said the guy, the background singer said this guy Arnold McCullers his name, he said call my cell phone here's my cell call me at the intermission you guys can come back and hang out stop oh my gosh yeah so 
he's playing and playing. And I didn't, re- again, I still didn't really love him at the time, but now I'm hearing songs that, oh, wow, I grew up with these songs and I'm kind of yeah. digging it yeah. a little bit. And is he a black guy? Arnold McCuller? Yeah. 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 Is he the black guy? He's the black guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dude, that guy's amazing. Yeah. He's good. Like his live <laughs> album, when he's singing, like, um, there's a couple of places where he just he he goes nuts. Like I've seen that concert. Yeah. Like, I've oh seen, yeah. I've had the DVD. If it's the same black guy, mm-hmm. that guy's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's him. That's him. Holy same crap! Guy. He was in. He's actually in. Um, oh man, Tom Clancy movie. Ben Affleck plays Jack Ryan back in the day. Uh, um, I forget what the what what book it's based on, but uh, it came out after 9/11. And they have a terrorist who who blows up uh, a football stadium in Baltimore. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And and Arnold McCuller is the one who's singing the national anthem in that movie right Shut before up. the bomb explodes. Stop. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Cool. All right, anyway, cool. but, so Arnold says his background singer says, "Call my cell phone at the intermission. You can come backstage and hang out with us." That's and so we'll cool. Just hang out. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's awesome. So it starts raining in Hershey, and it gets to the part of the intermission, and we're like, oh man, we're gonna go backstage and hang out with James Taylor and his band, you know. Uh, a different vibe and scene, I'm sure, from back in the <laughs> 70s. But now, you right. know. Yeah. So uh, it gets to the point, and James goes, you know, I know it's raining out there, Hershey, PA. You know, this is where we take our intermission, but you want me to keep going? <gasps> and everybody, yeah. No. And we were like, no, 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 no. no, no. We could use a break <laughs> yeah, here, actually. Let's take a break. <laughs> um, but no, they didn't. They kept going, so we didn't get to Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, so from that point on, um, I started to learn a little bit more about him, about his songwriting and 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 just interviews that he was on, you know, he, he's been on Howard Stern and just super, um, I think transparent and, and he tells a lot in, in his interviews and, and yeah. talks about his previous life and some of the things. So I've, I've become a fan. So, you know, we'll yeah. tell you a little bit more about what I've learned. And okay. I know you're, you're, uh, this will be in three songs as you want in the past. I haven't, Listen, I haven't lived up to that. you do as many as you want. Well, I never, st- I never stay true I'll to get, my own I'll rules. Get three, <laughs> I'll get three JT songs in there. <laughs> um, okay, so he was born on March 12th in 1948 hmm. uh, in Massachusetts. And they actually moved to Chapel Hill, North Carolina in 51, 1951, where he was raised. He would still spend his summers at Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, I was going to say, he was always a Northeast guy. Yeah. I, re- I remember, yeah. right? He, that was his vibe. Like, that's like a big part of his music and a yeah. big part of the feel, right? Yeah, I think he's a big Boston Red Sox fan, which always annoyed yeah. me, but but he... Um, you know, there's but, some people that are just like California people, yeah, right. California bands, right, right. or like, you know, Southern guy. He's a New England guy. It sure seems that way, yeah, right? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, exactly, yeah. So he was, was born there, moved down. His dad actually became uh, the dean of uh, UNC School of Medicine. Literally. Oh, no way. He worked his way up there. And, huh. and yeah, so he was really, his dad was um, obviously a big influence on him. He had some, he's got siblings, and he would say that in Chapel Hill, they kind of lived in the in the country a little bit. And he said there was just a lot of time to be around family, listening to music, and that's how, you know, they became a, a very musical family. It wasn't wow. because of either of his parents necessarily. His dad actually spent some years in, I think it was Antarctica, uh, you know, like two or three years in Antarctica doing some things. And so, what? yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. He, he was an alcoholic, his dad was, but... Um, yeah, so, so going back, he actually, um, I'll come back to this, but he, you know, without breezing over and we'll come back, but he, I said in the beginning, he had an 18 year drug addiction. So he started using Jeez. drugs in, in about 1967 after his band failed in, in New York. Okay. So he was living in New York, you know, he grew up in, in North Carolina, moved around, went to New York, tried to start this band and, and we're doing okay. And the band failed, but he was, he got into drugs at that point. Um, he, like I said, he spent nine months in a psychiatric hospital Jeez. after battling depression. And wow. so, so got a lot of depression on, uh, that runs in his family and, 
addiction that and runs in his family. Did he, did he recently write a book about he that wrote a memoir? A memoir. Okay. He wrote a memoir. Yeah, I remember yep. seeing or reading something yep. about I that. I forget what it's called. Uh, As do I. But I remember that was a big deal. Like it was his experience there. Yeah. And during that process, yep. yeah, he's, yep. be, he's becoming very vocal about it, mm-hmm. right? Something yep. like that. Yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, you know, you talked about his guitar skills. He actually um, learned the cello. <laughs> oh come that on! That was where he started. He learned the cello before. Learning the guitar, and he credits a lot of that—the way that he played the cello—to the way that he now plays the guitar. Like you even said, he's he he does a lot of picking yeah. of the guitar, and it's yeah. kind of a unique sort of way. And but that absolutely influenced um, his style of picking with his fingers because he learned first on on the cello. Unreal! Wow, yeah. interesting. He wrote his first song at the age of fourteen. He was playing coffee houses by fifteen with a friend. You know, we talked in the in the podcast about Sam Cooke just about that age, you know, what are you doing at that age? And the, I'm and playing these, with G.I. Joe's at 14. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> That's I, right. Th- I'm obsessed with, with sports. No, I'm not, I know. But I'm not, you like, know, it's like, yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I, maybe there's a bit of that generation's, uh, there's a, 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 an age adjustment. Like maybe 14 back then is really like 18 today. I don't know. But they're all starting at such young yeah. ages. Yep. It's incredible. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know. It really is. Yeah. It's really interesting That's to, wild. to see. And, you know, I think, you know, you hear these stories and you go, wow, who's the, it's a select few. You know, there's there's a select few that really started and continue and make it. But they were doing it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's Pretty wild. Cool. So, all right. So let's go right into just his, his first album. Okay. Self-titled, James Taylor, 1968. 1968. All right, wait, wait. Can we just pause there for a second? Yep. Because I know JT's music a little bit. And <clears throat> 1968, you're thinking... Or at least I am psychedelic rock. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking soul music. I'm yep. thinking Motown. Yep. Yeah. I'm thinking, um, you know, Cream. Yeah. I'm thinking Beatles. I'm yeah. thinking hard stuff. I'm thinking there's. I mean, '68 is probably, in my opinion, the greatest one of, if not the greatest years for music ever. Yeah. And then you got him. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different. Totally different. Totally different. There's a big folk, you know, you got Dylan, you got some others that are, you know, you've got folk singers. There's a he's big not that though. That. He's he's in the same category if you put them on a radio station, but he's not the same, in my opinion. He's in he's in the same group tangentially. Mm-hmm. I don't put him in the same category. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, you look at like a, a Art Garfunkel. You know, I don't. Right. I don't think James Taylor's in that category. I think he's more of like a pop I know. sort of we, rock. Are soft there not rock. maybe some artists that have their own category? Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yep. if you had to pigeonhole them then then fine. Right. No, I think that's a, a good point. And there's so many of these dudes and it's funny, um you and I were talking about a couple of different artists before this, but he's one of these like the others we were talking about that maybe go into this yacht rock. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah. Category which yeah. has just recently been created yeah. all of yeah. a sudden. Yeah. And it's it's it, it kind of tells the story yeah. of a little bit of that that yes. grouping. Yeah. All yes. right, anyway, sorry, sorry. 1968. No, you're go good. Ahead. Yeah, 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 no. 1968. He has his his first uh, album again, self-titled, wasn't a huge commercial success at first. So let's go. Let's let's backtrack a little bit. Right. So he had just gotten clean from heroin, and his parents uh, convinced him to move to London with a friend. So oh, wow. okay, so I moved to London. He had been making some music. His band had uh, had just recently broken up. So he goes to London. He's he's making some music. He's writing his own his own songs. He had a friend who um, well, he actually had a, he he made a demo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Made a demo of his music, and a friend of his from the United States happened to know Peter Asher. Yeah. And 
Paul McCartney was dating Peter Asher's sister, sister Jane. Sister, that's right. Yeah. So now, you also have to think that James grew up, and this is 68, the Beatles really hit it big in the U.S. in 64. You mm-hmm. know, so 68, yep. 64, they're getting big, they're getting huge. They were huge by 68. They were huge. So he grew up idolizing them. I mean, that's what he grew up with. So he has a friend, happens to know Peter Asher. Paul McCartney is dating Peter Asher's sister, Jane. Yep. And Peter Asher had just, just signed on as the A&R guy for Apple for Records. For yeah. For the Beatles. Yeah. So this is the Beatles' new record label, Apple Records, and he's the guy who's recruiting talent, Peter Asher. And James Taylor happens to know a guy who knows him, who gets the demo into his hands. That's crazy. I mean, just, you know, you go from a year ago, you're addicted to heroin, probably listening to the Beatles, playing music, you move to London, you send a demo to a friend who sends it to this guy, who sends it to Paul McCartney, and the next thing he knows, he's in an audition, they, they got it in front of McCartney, McCartney says, bring him in, he's auditioning to be the first person signed Stop. by Apple Records in front of George Harrison and Paul McCartney. Oh, my God. How nervous would you be? I mean, it's, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane to be... I Wait, mean, so his audition's in front of... McCartney and Harrison. <laughs> yes, he's sitting there all playing. All right, all right, little guy, what, uh, what yeah. can you play for us? And he played a song that we'll get to, and I'll, and I'll touch on that, we'll, we'll, the song that he played for his audition because it was on his first album. Um, but... Before that, okay. uh, I want to come on another song of that album. Okay. But remember, now he was he was eighteen. So James Taylor was eighteen years old, playing an audition Unreal. in front of his idols, just because he had a demo floating around of his music. Incredible. So the album gets made. He gets signed again. He's the first act ever signed to Apple Records, and he's eighteen years old. What an old. amazing thing to say! Uh, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, un- unreal. Yeah. Um. So when he was signed, he had to book Abbey Road or where the, where the Beatles were recording. At the time, the Beatles were recording the White Album at the same time. So the Beatles had first choice of the studio. Sure. So he just got scraps. Oh, my So they God. would say, okay, they would record during the day, and they would come down just so he got in the studio when they weren't in there. That's what he could record. It's <laughs> uh, a great story. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, I love that he could get in there. So he records the album, and the first song that I want to play for that is kind of a... This is song number one, and this is more or less a staple of James Taylor. This is the one that people know, uh, a, a lot of people know, I should okay. say. Um, but I got to, I want to play the song first, and then I've got a few things to say about it. All right, it. So, okay, cool. So oh, this I'm is excited. This is good. one you know, and I love the way that I, I hated it back in the day. Sorry, mom, but I hated it when mom played because they all started with the same little guitar. Yeah, thing. yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. All right, so here's song one. Okay. Oh, great tune. In my mind, I'm gone. This is 68? Golly. This is actually 76, and I'll tell you oh, why. Oh, oh, sorry. It's okay, but I'll tell you why. Can't you just feel the moon shine? Maybe just like a friend of mine. You hit me from behind. Yes, I'm gone. So this has become um, just a staple for, for people from North Carolina, even South Carolina. For sure. You know, it's an anthem. For so many of yeah. those folks, and when I remember when I moved to uh, to to Raleigh, it was like, okay, I'm listening to JT. I just seen him live. I'm moving to Raleigh to live in to live in North Carolina. First time outside of Pennsylvania, I'm driving down there listening to this and going, Mom, come on, man, yeah. you know. But it but it got me. It got me. Yeah. Um, 
So the problem was, though, he couldn't promote this song. It wasn't a big hit because he couldn't promote it because of his because of his drug addiction. So he was hospitalized after the album came out. He couldn't even promote the album very well because he was hospitalized because of the drug addiction. Oh, come on. Yeah, so he would say he got to be good friends because McCartney and Harrison would really respect it and liked his music. Uh, but John Lennon would never show up to help him with anything, but they would go out afterwards. And he, James Taylor even says, I was kind of a bad influence on John Lennon. No way. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. they were, you know, the, the drug side of things there. But he wrote it about homesickness. Um, he wrote it in, in London while on vacation. Uh, and then he wrote it on, mostly on a Mediterranean island. Um, and he was just homesick and thought, you know, I got to get back Come to Carolina. On. So, as I said, this is recorded in 1976, and that's the version that most people know. Now, why was it recorded in 1976? Do you, do you no, know? No, I don't okay. know. No. It was recorded in 76 for a Greatest Hits album. So that, and it became a bigger hit than the original. And the reason was is because they had all kinds of problems with the licensing from Apple Records. What? So he had left Apple Records. He did one album with them. He did the James Taylor album with, with at Apple. Okay. Left them. And, and went on, and he could not get the licensing. So he said, I'm going to re-record it for the greatest hits. And that, what you just heard, was the version from the greatest hits. Oh, come on. This is the original, which I personally like better. And there are some really cool things I'm going to talk about here. But here's the original. So sorry, sorry, okay. sorry. He he goes, he does it originally in 68. Yes. He wants to make it and put it on the greatest hits album in 76. Can't mm-hmm. because Apple's holding the license or whatever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he re-records the version that you just played that, that, that everybody, everybody knows. knows. But there's an original version? And and I got to tell you, the original version is more interesting, and I like it better. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, go. Better. So let's give this some volume. Here you go. Come on. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Oh, I okay, never heard this. Now, I'm going to pause it for a second. I want you to listen to the background singers, because you've got a few things happening here. Okay. You've got Paul McCartney on bass. Stop it. You've got... George Harrison, uncredited, but singing background with Paul. Here we go. Stop! Let me start this over again. Here you go. You're killing me right now. Listen to the background. Listen to that bass. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Stop it. Can't you see the sunshine? Now can't you just feel the moonshine? And ain't it just like oh, a friend the of bass, mine? The bass is just Paul. Right? It's just so Paul. Cool. It's that yep. walking. Yep. I'm going to Carolina there's going to be a line coming up with the holy host of others standing around me. You know that line? Yeah. That's referencing the Beatles. But I'm still on the dark side of the moon. And that's really about he's homesick. He's got a drug re- uh, drug addiction. So we'll get to that. Yeah, there we go. I'm gone to Carolina in my mind. There ain't no doubt I like this version better, personally. Oh, well, now that you told me that, of course I do. Right? It's not as mellow, and we talked before, like, yeah, it's, he's milk toast, and, you know, but, yeah, I just think this version, a little more Never upbeat. heard this version. Yep. He sounds younger, too. He does. <laughs> Strings. Yep. It's a way more fun version, isn't it? It's a little more upbeat, yeah. it's a little faster, it's more up-tempo. I love People it. from North Carolina probably don't know this one either. Love it. But yeah, so <sighs> McCartney and, and... You really nailed it on that first one. I'm really proud of you. That's awesome. That's a great story. 
the Carolina in my mind. <sighs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Well done. Here you go. It's the Beatles. Yeah. Still I'm on the dark side of so he's got, he's thinking to himself, I, I've, I've got, I've got this holy host of others standing around me, but still I'm depressed, and still I've got this drug addiction. I got to get back to Carolina. Oh, that's really cool. So, you know that that is, uh, you know, for me again, that was one of those songs that was like, you know, my mom might play it or something, and I was always a North Carolina basketball fan, so I knew the song. But to hear. This version. Oh, and the story and that goes along McCartney with it is beautiful. It and, That's uh, really you know, cool. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a good song. So, All right, well done, well done. So on song one already. The, wow. The second one. So this is so interesting, and I, and I like this because I knew you're a Beatles fan, and I, and I have, uh, as I mentioned frequently, I'm a I'm a big Beatles fan. Um, you've got this song, and again, this is one that came out in '76 that they couldn't get the rights to. So I'll play okay. you from the greatest hits first that you might know. And then we're going to talk about the Beatles' reference to it. So, okay. Do you know this one? Hold on, I don't think I do. There's something in the way she moves, or looks my way, or calls my name. No. So this was uh, this is actually the song that my wife walked down the aisle to. I wanted oh, her to walk down the aisle to this because I said, you know, this is just something that makes me think of her. Wow. That's beautiful. This is actually the song that James Taylor performed for George Harrison and Paul McCartney in, in his audition. Oh wow! Now this is the remade one. So this is the original. Again, I like the original better. But then it just becomes James and his guitar. And af- someone, after hearing this one, uh, a critic said, he's the male Joni Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I kind of yeah, get that. Yeah. But it's just James, his vocals, and his guitar after this opening. This these first words. There's something in the way she moves, or looks my way, or calls my Wait, name. Wait, are, are you asking me to remember that particular that line? Yeah. Leave this world behind. Sound familiar at all? Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Yeah. I mean, you, some you, do you want me to guess? Yeah, because I... Yeah, sure. Because I'm a huge Harrison fan. Go ahead. I mean, that's the reference got to be to something. Ugh, yeah. Something in the way she So he moves. stole it. Freaking stole it? Admits it. No, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's that first one. Took it. But James Taylor always says, you know, people, they did that all the time when writing songs. They would kind of just, you know, you pick up lines and you could pick up lines here and there. there. Isn't it, though? Yep. yep. Oh, my God. It's my favorite Harrison song. Wow, yeah, wait a, a minute. It's my favorite Top five Harrison songs for sure. It's so hard to, like. It's so hard to do it that even way. Even we said, like. Yeah, we talked in the last podcast, Sam Cooke being in that top. Like, how do you... No, I know. How do you rank? I hate it. My son asks me all the time. He's like, no, what is your favorite whatever? I can't... Sometimes I can't do that. Right. So this was on Abbey Road. Yeah. Of course, they were recording the White Album. Who, by the way, John Lennon says this is the best song on Abbey Road. He says says George's song is the best. Which he just didn't do. Lennon didn't do that. Yeah, so that's pretty pretty high praise. 
So, all right. So he says, so James Taylor says, wow. You know, whatever. We took, we trade lyrics and stuff all the time. And he comes back to this. All right, I'm going to come back to okay. this. All right, go back. All right, so we go back to something in the way she moves. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to scroll this through Things to the end. She's been. And see if you see any Beatles reference that James would then say, well, I, it's okay that he said something in the way she moves because I ripped that off from them. Oh, okay. A little back and forth. It doesn't matter what they mean. She says them mostly just to calm me down. Here we go. And I feel fine anytime she's around me now. She's around me now. I feel fine. All the time. And if I'm... Dude. <laughs> so he was wow. saying that, okay, they, he might have taken that, but you know what? I give him that because I think I stole the line, I feel fine from <laughs> I feel fine. With Come the on. Because ah, he great. was such a fan. Such a good You know, tune. real quick, going back to George Harrison, the when George Harrison wrote. Uh, something in the way she moves right. tracks me like another, no other lover. No other lover, yeah. The original line, do you know what it was? No. The original line was something in the way she moves attracts me like a palm granite. What? So palm granite was just the placeholder until he, oh, until he found figured out what it he was. Got, he had the kind of the line, but didn't have the right lyrics. So he just put, let me just throw it. palm granite in there. <laughs> right? And when you go ahead and say next time, it's. Yeah, it was just a placeholder. Things now. Every time I yeah. play that on the piano, I'll remember that yeah. particular word yeah. for that particular. But here spot. you go, James Taylor taking this. Oh, wow, well done. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when he admits he stole it, um, let's not say steal. Let's say borrowed and influenced. Or just yeah, it was an influence with him. Yep. Yep. So okay. this was so first album was James Taylor self-titled. It was the only album on Apple Records. Right. His second album. Sweet Baby James came out in 1970. So two years later. Like I mentioned, the first album, Sweet Baby James, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, James Taylor, the right. self-titled one, he, it, it wasn't a huge success. And, and hence probably the reason why we never, James Taylor, the self-titled album, wasn't critically, and, and if, like you said, you really hadn't heard a lot of those songs no. from it. And, no. and that he went right after it came out, or while it was coming out, he went into uh, to a rehab center. For, for wow. drugs, and that's you know a lot of the reason why he couldn't get out and promote it. So people did not know the songs. Was there any like major single that they wanted to push or promote, or was it just the album? Or did he not ever really even go that far? Like, was there a hit or a, a semi hit that came from it, or no? Well, the I think the hits were those two: something okay. in the way right. she moves and Caroline on my mind. Now I could go back and be and be wrong, and I'm probably missing something. But um, nothing major that. I don't yeah. think so. Okay. No, nothing, right. nothing other than those two that you would know. Got it. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm you might know different versions of them because if Apple Records had those the licensing rights, they couldn't. Got it. You know, they hadn't been released and played much, but, Got the, it. but the greatest hits were. So, nineteen seventy, he goes and makes Sweet Baby James, and this album actually made it to number three on the charts. It was nominated for Album of the Year in nineteen seventy one. Oh, wow. So wow. A big album. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of songs that you would potentially know from that one. Uh, and this is probably my favorite and the most popular James Taylor song is what I want to talk about next. But I want to uh, go ahead and play it first. Now, because there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack. Okay. Because one of the things that I love about songwriters is when they can tell a story. So that, For sure. you know, somebody that, whether it's hip-hop, soul, 
rock, whatever, when there's a story that goes with it, I just can connect with it more. Right. And and this is one of those ones that you just go, okay, there's a there's a good story here. So let's go ahead and, and listen to this. I'll probably talk over it a little bit. Okay. Oh, great tune. Great tune. Do you know a lot about, about this? The, I, I do know a little, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So listen this, to that guitar. You're right, though, about the, his intros. You kind of know it, right? Yeah. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. His little fills after each of the parts of the verse, right? His little guitar licks. Now that our quintessential hymn. This first, it, so the song is written in three verses. Okay. So the first verse is about a former girlfriend of his who committed suicide. Um, so you know, hence you know what he says. They they let me know you were gone. Right. Wrote, didn't know who to send it to. So she died when he was in London recording the first album. So he was oh, recording wow. his self-titled album. She died. His friends back home knew about it, but they didn't want to tell him because they didn't want to... Me- this is his one shot at fame, so they didn't want to tell him. So he actually didn't find out until he was done with the album. It was about six months later. Oh, come on. So he, he wrote this first verse. Uh, about that. About this her. Morning, and I wrote down this song. Just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Wow. It's like when you know those kinds of things, you you hear the song differently. Like I said, you know, this goes back to my mom playing this and I didn't know. Yeah, all right. This is so boring. You're not listening. Right, right. But I always thought. So the second verse then takes on a completely different storyline. So he wrote this in three different pieces. So here's the second verse. Won't you look down upon me, Jesus? You gotta help me make a stand. You just got to see me through another day. Now he wrote this when he was in a drug rehab center in Massachusetts. My body's aching and my time is at hand. I won't and he's make it any Speaking directly about drug use and depression. Yeah. I hear this and I actually get this is weird, but maybe it's not weird. This is what music does, but it makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you can be uh, empathetic with yeah. the singer or with the yeah. artist at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You feel it. You feel it differently. Even just the chorus. Singing yeah. Lonely Time of yeah. you know. But I always thought that I'd see you. So he's got the first one about the girlfriend who committed suicide, the second one about drugs. Yeah, now use. I'm trying to sing it in my head to tell me to where's yeah. the third verse going to go. Now he wrote this one about fame and just starting over. And this line. Sweet dreams and flying machines in pieces on the ground. His first band before he moved to London when he was depressed and on drugs was the Flying Machines. Oh, no. I always thought he said flying things on the ground, and people think, man, flying machines crashing. No, it was about sweet dreams and flying machines and pieces on the ground. Yeah, of course. So it really is a sad song. Oh, for sure. So he in this on this album, he's got you know a lot of a lot of big hitters. Carol King is playing on this album. Oh wow! And so she actually wrote a song in response to this. There's a line in here. 
I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. So Carol King wrote, You've Got a Friend, in response oh, to this. Oh, come on. And then James Taylor recorded her song oh, about what? him. And this was his biggest, this is really his biggest This is my biggest favorite guitar hit. song that he does. I was literally playing this, this this afternoon on the piano. This is written by Carol King about Wait, sorry. Fire and Rain. She wrote the song yeah. about, uh, as a, as she a rebuttal. So mm-hmm. Yes. Because of the song he wrote, and now he recorded that song. so sad. I love it. I never I've knew that. lonely times when I could not find a friend. She writes, you've got Listen a friend. Listen to this song. Seriously. That gives me, like, goosebumps sometimes. I think, man, these people love each listen other. Listen to how simple yeah. it is. Just listen right. to it. Oh. Again, it's just this song is this moving. It's yeah. really, really, really moving. Yeah, my mom was playing this when I'm a kid, and I'm like, No, it doesn't lame, hit the Mom. same, though. It doesn't hit the same when you're a kid, and it's in the background. And the feeling was that this really... Captured the troubling times of the 60s and into the early 70s. That's pretty good. And even, you know, Fire and Rain captured that too. It was the pressing. So good. All you got to do is call. Listen, I love that little riff right there. All right. So I'm going to let this play as I kind of close out a little bit. So. Since this, you know, he's. I told you he had all these albums. He wrote all these songs, sold millions of albums, and it's just kind of a household name in a lot of ways now. But he was married and divorced from Carly Simon. Yeah. They had two kids together who are also musicians. Yeah. Um, and, in fact, Ben Taylor, his son, sounds just like him. He's pretty good. You know, huh. if you look at him, doesn't have the hits, but he's now remarried with two twins who I believe are teenagers. I don't, I don't know. I think he actually lives up in New England. Okay. You'd mention. Sure. I, yeah. I could be totally yeah. wrong, but... Just to think, you know, think about his career. He's worked with Stevie Wonder, <laughs> Art Garfunkel, Crosby and Nash, Bonnie Raitt, David Crosby, Paul Simon. Yeah. Uh, he actually had a strange encounter with Mark David Chapman the day before <gasps> John Lennon was shot. That's right. He was living in an apartment right across next the hall, across the to street. John Lennon. I read this story because I'm a huge Beatles nut like you. And he ran into him, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And like he said something to him really creepy or whatever. Yes. He's like, that creepy guy's a creep. Stuff. Yes. And then the day after, he was on the phone with someone, right? Yes. In his apartment. I forget who. Yep. I forget who. It was someone famous, though, if I remember correctly. Yep. He was in New York. That person was in LA. They're on the phone. He hears the gunshot. Yep. Right? Yep. And then finds out later. Here's five shots. And he said, says to that person, oh, so the police must have just shot somebody. Yeah. And it was, it was Lennon being shot. Oh, my God. It's yeah, crazy. Crazy. Um, he quit drugs in 1983 after Carly Simon divorced him, uh, and his friends John Belushi and Dennis Wilson had died. So oh, he, wow. he finally said, you know, it's time to get clean. He got clean. He kept recording and finally had his first number one Billboard album in 2015. What? First album comes out in 68. First number one Billboard album in 2015, Before This World that. is the name of the album. And his most recent album. Did you ever check it out? Uh, I've listened to it. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's what you'd expect. Okay, uh, but but I mean, it's good. Yeah, um, his most recent album is American Standard, and that won a Grammy actually for best traditional pop vocal album. So it's no one of his way. six. Yeah, yeah. So just a, I mean, just a, you know, when you hear more about the person and yeah. some of the stuff behind these songs, it just means more to you. And Great for me, I shouldn't say stories. you, but me. And um, so he has meant 
uh, you know, a ton to me from just, again, connecting him with my mom, and I'm trying to get my wife into him. And <laughs> from the time that Liliana was born till now with Lincoln, so my two kids, right. uh, every night before they go to sleep, I don't sing it well, but I sing this one to him, and this is what I'll go out okay, on. Okay, this is your bonus. All right. This is the bonus album, and I just love it. Now, he wrote this, and I always thought, what a loser singing about himself, sweet baby James. So the story is, is that he, his brother had just had a son and named him James after him. So he was traveling from New England to North Carolina to see this new, his new nephew, right. just born named after him. And he wrote a song that he wanted to be like a little, uh, you know, a, a little kind of song for he says like buckaroo you yeah know, right, right, right buckaroo yeah. That, yeah. and that's what this Come that's on. what this became yeah another great guitar song too so there you go there is a, Just a wait, little bit you of do the chorus so good you're bringing up so many songs I haven't heard in a long time too yeah right well done thank you for doing this yeah, thank really you. really nice thank job you. No, Alright, we'll go out with this one Thank you so much And uh, we'll see you next time See you Now the first of December Was covered with snow So was the turnpike From Stockbridge to Boston Though the Berkshire Sea